There's a word from the Lord as we continue a series of messages that God gave us entitled Life's Experiences. Life's Experiences. This is the second message in this series. Our text today is found in the gospel that has been recorded by St. Luke chapter 4 and verses 1 and verse 2, reading from the New King James Version. The gospel that was recorded by St. Luke chapter 4, verses 1 and verse 2, reading from the New King James Version. Hear the reading of God's holy word. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Listen to this. And was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Verse 2, being tempted for 40 days by the devil, led by the Spirit, met by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterwards, when they had ended, the text simply says, he was hungry. We ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. Our subject for this second message in this series, the series is entitled once again, Life's Experiences. Second message is simply entitled, A Wilderness Experience. A Wilderness Experience. On last week, as we introduced this series, we said to you then that life has been described as a journey of one's experiences. One of the simple definitions of life is it is a journey of one's experiences. Some of our experiences are unforgettable, are powerful. Experiences uh, that we shall never forget. Experiences uh, that thrilled our lives, that shaped our lives. Experiences that brought us great joy. And then some of our experiences were not so good. We've had some dark days. We've had some rough days. Solomon writes, a man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. Some experiences, quite honestly, we care not to remember. Some of those experiences we don't want to uh, relive. But they all are called life. One of the interesting things about our experiences is even though we may share those experiences with someone else, we all see them from our own perspective. You may have others that are close to you that go through the same thing you go through, but it is your perspective that shapes how you are impacted by your experience. Same family, same tragedy, different people handle it 
in different ways. Different people are shaped by those experiences in different ways. The key is not to judge anyone else's perspective of their experience. The key is not to be judgmental and please not to be dogmatic, to think that everyone should feel the way you feel about a very similar experience. They are your experiences and you are shaped by your perspective. And so in this series, in this series, God has given us four messages of four unique and distinct experiences, particularly those that we as people of faith and we as believers go through. On last week, as we introduced the first one, we talked about in that first message on last week, a valley experience. In that message, we described a valley experience as a time in our lives of struggle and hardships in which we often feel overwhelmed. We often feel perhaps even a sense of hopelessness or isolation. A heartache experience, a hardship experience. We all go through them. We all will have to deal with them. In fact, this morning, after the 8 o'clock service, I received a text from one of our faithful members. He and his wife, when we were having services, were here at 8 o'clock every service, although they had to drive over 50 miles to get here. He texted me a message this morning and said, Pastor, thank you for the message, not just today, but last week. He said, I had no idea that after the service last week talking about Valley experiences, my elder sister, my oldest sister, died unexpectedly of a massive heart attack. And while we were at her funeral, my brother was rushed to the hospital with cardiac arrest. My family in seven days have gone through so much. He says, but the word prepared me for this valley experience. What it says to me is that we all at some point will experience heartaches and hardships. We don't know when they're coming. We don't know how they're going to approach us, but it is life. That is why I think God in his infinite wisdom as God instructed me to put this series together. He says, talk about life's experience. This brother and his wife and his family in a matter of seven days went through something unexpected. They went through severe hardships and heartaches. But here's the key. The word of God prepared them for what they went through. That was last week's experience. Last week, it was a valley experience. This week, in this second message, God has instructed us to talk about yet another kind of experience. And although it may appear to be similar to a valley experience, 
it is different. This week we are speaking of a wilderness experience. Remember the valley experience, unexpected hardships and heartaches. A valley experience was not necessarily there caused by the enemy. It could just have been caused by life. Don't give the devil credit for every valley experience that you go through. But the wilderness experience is different. Listen, when we speak of a wilderness experience, we are, here's what God says, we are referring to those times in the life of believers in which we are tempted by the enemy as we go through our wilderness, we are tempted by the enemy to question and even at times give up on our faith. Please listen. Valley experience, heartaches, hardships. Wilderness experience, a time of temptation. Time in which your faith in God and in who God is, is put to the test. A question of faith. Question of, do you believe that God is who he says he is? God can do what he says he can do. For listen to all of you, I contend that there are just as many of us who are people of faith going through our wilderness experiences as we have gone through our valley experiences. Similar, but different. Yes, we all will go through the valley, but we also all will have our own wilderness experiences. We will have a time in our life in which our faith is put to the test. Time in our life in which we find ourselves uh, in a point in which we even question ourselves. Is God who he says he is? Now, you can act all deep and you can act as if, oh, Pastor Jackson, I'm good all the time. The truth of the matter is none of us are. All of us, from pastors uh, to parking lot attendants, to new converts, we all at some point in our life, we've had our faith put to the test, tried by fire. Now, here's the difference. Perhaps as many of us are fighting this temptation to give up our faith as we are personal hardships and heartaches. We hear about the valley experiences more, but it does not negate the fact that the wilderness experience still does exist. And I contend that perhaps many of us go through, maybe listen to this, as many or more wilderness experiences as we go through valley experiences. Here's the problem. We as people of faith have not always properly dealt with our wilderness experience. 
We, we can deal with the valley experience. We can deal with the fact that I'm going through hardships and heartaches, but very few people call me or text me and say, man, I'm being tested to just walk away from God. Because we feel as if, why, why am I feeling this way? I should not feel this way. I, I, I've been walking with God too long to be to the point in which I'm questioning my faith. We all have been there, including this person who's speaking to you right now. And I'm not talking about experiences that happened many years ago. Even recent experiences have brought me to the point where I find myself questioning, God, have I made the best decisions? Am I doing the right thing? What if my life would have been different? What if I would have chosen another career path? Maybe I should have found ourselves questioning our destiny that God had planned for us. Now, here's the problem. The problem is that we have ignored often what we have gone through. Uh, we somehow feel that if we just ignore them, if we act as if it does not exist, then perhaps this temptation will just go away. But I'm here to tell you they won't. Please listen to me, my brothers and sisters. One of the things that I think is a benefit from this pandemic and virtual experiences is that there's not as much hooping and hollering and running. Uh, it allows the preacher to talk directly to you. One of the things that God has said to me that is so important is that if we can't get to the point in our life where we deal with our wilderness experience, times in which we know we are tempted by God, just to walk away from everything that is godly, to, to turn our backs on God, to go back to the life that we have already been delivered from. If we do not deal with it, we will find ourselves in a very dark and deep and dreary place. We will walk around as if we've got everything under control, but deep down inside, in the depths of our heart, there's an internal struggle. Paul deals with this in Romans chapter 7 in such a profound way. And I urge you, when you get a chance to go back and read that, it is the internal battle between the two Pauls. The Paul that God had delivered and the Saul that God had delivered him from. Paul said, when I sought to do right, evil was present with me. And then he asked the question, he said, if I then do that which I desire not to do, it is no more me that's doing it, but it is sin dwelling in me. And then he concluded, oh, wretched man that I am. It's a struggle, Paul says. And he was an apostle. He was a church planter. And he says, I sought to do right. But then he writes chapter 8 and verse number 1. Now, thanks be to God, there is no condemnation to them that walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. Then he writes in Romans 8, and we know that all things work together for good. Paul said it's a struggle. And every morning I wake up, my flesh is 
pulling at me. It's a struggle. I have to deal with life's temptation. I know Paul in chapter 7 was not talking about heartaches or hardships. He was talking about the internal temptation to walk away from who God had called him to be. It doesn't matter what your title is. It doesn't matter how deep you think you are, how long you've been saved. All of us battle every day. All of us have to deal with our own wilderness experience. Let us turn to the text. As we look at this text, perhaps there is no better example in all of scripture than this text of humanity's wilderness experience. And what makes the text so unique is that it involves Jesus the Christ. Jesus who was the son of God, yet the son of Mary. Jesus who was the Messiah, but yet he was flesh and blood like you and I. He was, as Paul says in Hebrews, he was someone who could be touched by our infirmities because like us, he was tried just as we are. Our text records what is perhaps one of the greatest examples in the Bible of Jesus's humanity. We often talk about his divinity, but God said to me as I was preparing this message, he says, I need you to take your time and preach this. In fact, I am going to complete this on Tuesday night. And I had not even planned to do a Bible teaching on Tuesday night, but late last night, God says, change it. He said, because I don't want you to rush through this this morning. There's some things about the wilderness experience that to those who want to hear it, I invite you to tune in. God says, we all go through. And if we need to know anything, we need to know this about Jesus. We know he turns water uh, into wine. We know that Jesus is a great healer. We know that he can touch the leper and the leper return. But do we know that his humanity could stand up to the evils of the enemy and say, it is written. Do you know that in the midst of what Jesus was going through, he was still human and his humanity is on display. Three key things about Jesus's wilderness experience. Three key observations from his wilderness experience that God has instructed us today to examine. Three key things, and we'll deal Tuesday with the specifics of each one of the temptations that Jesus dealt with. The first key observation about Jesus' wilderness experience was the timing of his experience. The timing of his experience. Oftentimes, people think wilderness, valley, it occurs during a low time in my life. It occurs during a dark time in my life. But that is not always the case with the wilderness experience. As we see with Jesus' experience, it occurred at what was perhaps the highlight, the high moment in the ministry of Jesus. It was at the beginning of his ministry. He had not yet done any miracles. He had no disciples. For 33 years, he walked the earth as man. 
For 33 years, he was Mary and Joseph's child. And now he's a grown man and God calls him into the ministry. God calls him into this after 30 years of of being who he was. God says, I'm going to demonstrate to you who Jesus really was as a man. The timing of his experience, it occurs right after he was baptized in the river of Jordan by John. It, and pay attention to this, it occurs right after the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus. It it is important. It wasn't a dark period. It wasn't a low pine. It was after he was baptized, after the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus, it occurred after the heavens were open and the divine voice of God spoke and said, this is my beloved son of whom I am well pleased. It occurred after his baptism, after his filling of the Holy Spirit, and after the affirmation by God that this is my son. You can't get any higher than that. You can't get any better experience than to be baptized to have the Holy Spirit descend from heaven on you and in you and have heaven open. And the voice of God says about you that he has never said about anyone of flesh and blood. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. And so what God said is that oftentimes we think that our wilderness experiences happen at dark moments of our life. And that's where we make a mistake. I told the story this morning of what my father would often say to me and to us as a church uh, many years ago. And to those of you who were ever under the leadership of Bishop Jackson, you can attest to this. Right after we had a major revival, right after there was a mighty move of God in the spirit, right after we accomplished something great, built the church or paid off a mortgage at that time, uh, dad would say this, he would say, now we've got to pray like we've never prayed before because now will be our time of testing. And it inevitably always happened. After that, then here comes a family crisis. After that, here comes a struggle. After that, here comes someone who wants uh, to divide the congregation and divide the church. And Bishop Jackson would say, I'm not surprised. He said, because Jesus went to the wilderness after his affirmation. At the highest point of your life. That is the time often that we find ourselves in the midst of a wilderness experience. And that's why folk would say to me all the time as a pastor, they would say, man, what are you worried about? Why are you stressed out over this? You ought to be relaxing. And that's why I don't high five a pet on the back. Because I know even our high moment is just a moment. Is after this, there will be a time of testing. There will be a time of temptation. So the first key observation in the text was the timing. It happened at the high point of Jesus's ministry. It happened 
before he could perform a miracle, before he recruited uh, disciples, uh, it happened then. And here's the second key observation in this text, the purpose of his experience. Now, this is perhaps the most profound element in the entire text. Jesus was led into the wilderness, not by the devil. Please hear this, and I pause on purpose. Jesus was led into the wilderness, not by the adversary, but by the Spirit. By, of the four Gospels, three of the Gospels record directly this incident. John, the fourth Gospel, alludes to it. But let me tell you what the three gospel accounts, three different gospel writers write of this experience and they all walked away with the same experience. It says this, and Jesus was immediately, uh, Matthew and Luke, our text in Luke, led into the wilderness by the spirit. Mark says in Mark chapter one, and the spirit drove him into the wilderness and all of them go on to say to be tempted by the devil and I said God you're saying something to us here's what God says God says don't think the devil took you to the wilderness he says I drove you to the wilderness my spirit led you to the wilderness now the devil met you there but he didn't take you there. God says, I took you there. I took Jesus to the wilderness because I needed to establish something even to Jesus. For 30 years of his life, he had been nothing but the son of Joseph and the son of Mary. Now I need to show them that although he's flesh, he still has authority over the enemy. And how better to know that you can defeat the enemy uh, than to battle the enemy on the enemy's territory. And God says, I, I know that you wouldn't voluntarily go there. That's why God sometimes, even after our most precious moments, God will take us and lead us by the spirit into a place of testing our faith. Not so that God can figure out who we are, he already knows who we are, but so that we would know that I'm a child of the living God. I can withstand this. I can take a licking and keep on ticking. He needed the world to know that not only is this my son. See, because here's the key. He had just affirmed Jesus with a divine voice from heaven. And if Jesus had never gone through anything, folk would have said that, well, he, he's not like us. He's the son of God. He has special treatment. But God says, no, I just want to let you know that he's dealt with the enemy just like you had to deal with the enemy. So the Holy Spirit took him into the wilderness. Mark's gospel say the Holy Spirit drove him. The Greek word drove meant forcefully pushed him in the direction of the wilderness. God says you ended up where you are, not because the enemy brought you there, but I took you to that place 
because I needed to teach the enemy something. The other thing we need to note is that Satan wasn't omniscient. The devil does not know everything. And so although he met Jesus there, he didn't know the outcome of his experience with Jesus. And so God says, I had to take Jesus, the man in the wilderness, and demonstrate to Satan that although he's human, you still have no authority over him. He tells Peter this later on when he says, Peter, I should give you the keys to the kingdom and whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. In other words, you have the authority. And the only way you know who you are and whose you are is that you've got to go through something. So somebody right now, let's take a quick praise break. And you just clap those hands and lift your voices and give God a praise for your wilderness experience. Come on and praise him right now. Come on, take a minute right now and just say, Lord, I thank you. That's right, that's right. Come on, come on. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. You took me there for a reason. You brought me there. Come on, you brought me there. The spirit drove him there. The devil met him there. <laughs> but he came out on top. <laughs> he came out with all power in his hands. I can hear the old folks sing the song now. I, I wish Pastor Rob Bradley was here. My mentor and great associate pastor, the song went like this. Tell me how did you feel? when you came out of the wilderness. Felt like shouting. Felt like running. Felt like praising God. Here's what I want you to know. You're coming out of this. <laughs> You're coming out of this. The third and the final part today of this message before Tuesday was this. <laughs> Jesus responded to everything the enemy sent his way. Whatever the enemy brought, Jesus had an answer from God. And he responded not out of his feelings. Please listen to me, brothers and sisters. He responded not out of his emotions, but he responded through the word of God. If you're coming out of this wilderness experience, if the devil is going to meet you there and you come out on top, you can't be in your emotions. You can't be wrapped up in how you feel. You can't be concentrating on how folk treat you. Why am I here, Lord? Why are you taking me through what you're taking me? Whenever Satan brought anything, Jesus says, it is written. And when Satan came back and quoted the scripture himself, Jesus says, you may know part of the word 
but John says, I am the word. Jesus says, it is also written, if you're going to come out of this, if God's going to pull you through, it's going to be with the word of God. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 17, Paul writes, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You need his word. You need his word. Another Netflix movie can't bring you through this. <laughs> Another social media friend can't help you get through this. You need some time in which you bury yourself in the word of God. And you say, saturate me, Lord, through your word. Because this is what you get in his word. I want to leave you with this powerful scripture that's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7, 8, and 9. The New International Version. When you're in the wilderness, and when you are saturated with the word, when the word is your cover, when the word is your sword, when you tell the enemy, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. When you declare no weapon formed against me, shall prosper. Listen to what Paul writes about the word. You remember Paul, the same one who writes Romans chapter 7 that says, O wretched man that I am. Paul also writes these most profound words. And y'all excuse me if I get happy on this. I wish I had a church to praise God with. Well, I, I praise God by yourself. Praise God knowing what God said. Listen to what the word says. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We go through this just so God can show us that you need the Lord on your side. Verse number eight, he says this, Paul writes, we are hard pressed. Let me get my mic. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Who am I preaching to this morning? Some of you are going through your wilderness experience and you are hard pressed on every side, but you're not crushed. Somebody throw your hands up and say, not crushed. Somebody praise God and say, not crushed. Somebody stand to your feet at your house, at your kitchen table, in your backyard and leap for joy one time and say, not crush. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not crush. Not crush. Not crush. Not crush. Not crush. Your family has not been crushed. Thank you, Holy Ghost.
this morning. We are perplexed, but not in despair. <laughs> Lord, I'm confused. Lord, I'm perplexed, but I've got news for the devil. I am not in despair. I'm coming through this. I'm coming through this. I am. I. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. God has not abandoned you. You've been persecuted by the enemy, but you're not abandoned. And the last thing Paul writes in verse number nine, we are struck down, but not destroyed. Lord, I've been knocked down, but I'm still here. I can still raise my hand even at my own house and say God is good all the time. I haven't been to church, somebody says, in over four months, but yet I know how to praise God. I'm down, but I'm not out because God is still good. Give God your best praise. God's pulling you through it. God's pulling you through it. Come on, Zion. Come on, church, wherever you are, lift your hands and say thank you. Walk around your own house and touch and agree virtually and say thank you, Lord. Thank you. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Hard pressed, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down. Woo! But not destroyed. I've got a right to praise God. I've been through the wilderness and God pulled me through it. Anybody know God can pull you through it? God can pull you. God can pull you. God is. God is. One thing for the devil, what you meant for evil, God used it for my good. Not only am I coming through this, I'm coming through stronger and better. I'm coming through more encouraged than what I've ever been before. Let the church say yeah. Let every 
everybody say yeah. Lift your voice and tell the Lord thank you. Tell me how did you feel when you came out the wilderness? Somebody felt like shouting. Somebody felt like running. Someone felt like praising God. Why? Because listen, Brother Todd Delaney writes this song. Through all I've been through, Lord, it was you. It was you pulling me through. Through all I've gone through, Lord, it was you. When I stumbled, when I cried, when I felt like I wanted to die, when my friends turned and they walked away, you were right here, right here to stay. It was you, Lord. It was you pulling me through. Do me a favor, wherever you are, take your phone out, take your pad out, and just send somebody a message and say, quote, he's pulling you through. <laughs> God is pulling you through it. <laughs> you didn't ask to be in this situation, but God is pulling you through it. Come on, Brother Bill, that praise team, listen. Through all I have gone through, Lord, it was you. Ah, yeah. Through all I have gone through, Lord, it was you. It was you. <laughs> Lord, it was Somebody you. Somebody say it was Pulling me through, Lord, it was you, you, you were pulling me through. Come on, y'all, help me save you. That's my testimony.
me through. It was you. number on the screen I want you to call if you need prayer someone is right there right now they are praying for you and with you remember this God spoke this into my spirit we went into 2020 thinking this would be a wonderful powerful year this would be the year that we would have perfect vision 2020 started out with a bang and then we met the wilderness <laughs> please listen to me and I want to speak directly to some church leaders perhaps not in this church but other churches some pastors across the country I know it's not easy some of you are stressed out now Lord how long is this gonna last when is this gonna be over but remember this key thing about the text this morning. It wasn't the devil who led him to the wilderness. It was the Spirit of God. Mark said the Spirit drove him there. I am convinced, and please don't take this the wrong way, and I mean no disrespect to anything that has happened throughout this world, but I am convinced that this is all a part of God's plan for something I don't know what uh, but for something and God says in the midst of a pandemic when this is over someone is going to have a testimony I almost lost my mind but God pulled me through it I almost lost my family my job but God pulled me through it God says you're coming out of this Please listen to me. We're coming out of this and the Lord is going to pull us through it. No one anticipated this. We didn't want this. Uh, we started out the year. In, in fact, the enemy, I told you, there was a time even in my ministry, most recent, I'm praying to God. I'm saying, God, this is not how we planned 2020. And God says, I've got this. I told the church this morning, let me share this personal testimony. I was on the phone with my niece who lives in Durham, North Carolina, and yesterday she and I were having a beautiful conversation about her career. She's a, she's a basketball coach at Duke University. God had blessed her soul, just wonderful, great young lady, spiritual love the Lord. And she said, Uncle Dara, I'm in transition and, 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 and they fired the head coach and I'm not sure what's going to happen to me. And I just simply sent her a word that says God's got a plan. 
God's got a plan. And not just to my niece, but to every niece and nephew, to everybody out there in the midst of what appears to be dark times. Just remember, God's got a plan. And here's what God says, I'm pulling you through it. Come on, praise team, tell us again. He's pulling us through it. Yes, you got to know. of your wilderness experience but here's some good news God is pulling you through it I'll pull your family through it I'll pull you through it 
And even if you've lost your job, God says on the other side of this, I've got something better for you that I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the imagination of man. Close those eyes, call us right now. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. We even thank you for our wilderness experience. No, the devil gets no credit for this. We are in this place because you have led us here. And you did it for a purpose. We're coming out of this. And we're coming out stronger and better than ever. Touch bodies. Heal cancer right now, Lord. We know that you're able to do it. We know right now, Lord, deliver from ventilators right now. I don't know who I'm praying for, but I feel in my spirit that you're pulling somebody through it right now, Lord. Do it, Lord. And we know that when it's done, we will have a testimony that only God could do what you have done. We thank you. We praise you. We honor you. It's in your name we pray and give thanks. And one more time, if you know God is good, say amen. Amen. Join in with us and praise God. Come on in. benediction I want to invite you for a special Tuesday night Bible teaching I told you earlier I had not planned this but in the midst of putting this message together God said he wanted me to share with you the three different temptations that Jesus went through one was a test of his flesh the other was a test of his ego the other was a test of the pride of life. And God says through them all, he responded to the enemy by saying, it is written. Tuesday night for just one hour from 7 to 8. We want to share that with you. Maybe finish even before 8. But I want to do what God has asked me to do. Thank you for being a part of this worship experience. Call a neighbor and a friend. We will leave it up on our web page on our social media outlet so that someone can be blessed by the word of God. Now may the Lord bless you. May the Lord protect you. 
May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor. And may the Lord give you his peace. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. Tell somebody he's pulling you through it. Amen. Send someone a message. Hashtag he's pulling you through it. God bless you. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account, or via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you, please be sure to share with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, please be sure to visit our website at bwcar.org.